Hi, this is Natalie Lander, voice of Kinsey, Tara Branford, Stargirl, and many others. You are listening to a W2Mnet podcast. You can visit w2mnet.com for other podcasts about entertainment, video games, sports, and wrestling. You are listening to Video Games to the Max. Hello and welcome to another edition of Video Games to the Max, episode 210. And, well, there is a lot going on right now for news as far as, well, between the Smash Direct and lots of Sony things going on as they're skipping E3 once again. And that has people in a tizzy along with, looks like, Exclusives are beginning to make their way to PC, and that's making people angry. And, well, we've also been playing uh, some games as well that uh, recently released, so we'll, we're here to talk about them. Joining me here, as always, Mr. Mark Morrison. Howdy. And also, Jens Dietrich. Good to be here. All right, so you guys want to talk about the games, or you want to talk about the news first? I'd go games. <laughs> okay. So, Mark, you are playing Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, which Bandai Namco provided us a code with. So, how far are you into it? And so, so don't trash it too much. <laughs> no, I, I mean, you still got a lot, long way to play in this game. It's a like what forty, yeah. fifty hour game. It's uh, full disclosure, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I just got to the point. I mean, I, yeah, it's only, I'm only like three hours in. Uh, I'm at the point where like Piccolo is beating the shit out of Gohan all the time, like as training. Okay, yeah, right. And I did. Uh, I think like the last thing I did was I was Gohan and I met Yajirobe, and I like had to hunt some deer for food. <laughs> it's like, all right, this is so okay. That's a side quest of. It's oh, that not... was like a main quest because Gohan is always hungry and oh, right, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's a three D, I would say RPG ish kind of. <laughs> I mean, it feels a lot like Xenoverse as far as like the movement and combat, but it's a little more simplified. Uh, as I was arguing with Yens last night, there are no good three D anime games where like verticality is important or is like a factor. Well, I wasn't arguing with you about that. It's just you originally phrased it. There's no 3D, no good 3D anime games. So I was like, that's ridiculous. And then you, I mean, you specified, like, no, what I mean is where you fly around like yeah, in those yeah. Dragon Balls. So like, there's no good 3D Dragon Ball games, and I don't think there's any good 3D uh, Naruto games either because it kind of fall in the same problem. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, so the flying is with. The shoulder buttons, right? It's not. Yeah, you. It's like R two and R B are is like up and down, which is like super awkward. <laughs> and there's not a way to change it. I mean, you could change the button. You could be like L two and L B or something. But I mean, it's not like you can just map it to like the right control stick or anything. Oh, which is what, what? I would want. Uh, yeah, controllers uh, like flying is also kind of finicky in spots. Like there are timed. You have to, like we were talking about crackdown off the air, and then if you thought collecting orbs in that game was annoying, this game has, like, ten times as many. <laughs> but do but they serve like... a purpose, or...? Yeah, they they do. 
I had to stumble upon it, though. There are red, blue, and green orbs, and they correspond to, like, fire, air, and earth, mm-hmm. kind of. Uh, but you basically use them to power up your special moves, but the game doesn't actually show you how to do this at all. Like, I stumbled upon it in a menu. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is what this thing does. Like, there's a distinct lack of tutorial in this game. Like, the first time I booted it up, it's like, it showed me a a picture of the controller, like the button layout, and Uh. I was like, okay, now go fight. I was like, what? (laughs) Like, you you may want to introduce this a little better, like, say, this is how you guard, or this is how you attack people, not fight. (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, don't you, like, fight? Like, random dudes that aren't big characters in Dragon Ball, so you could just do a tutorial with that? Yeah, well, you're constantly fighting these stupid robots that I don't okay, know where yeah. they're coming. Like, it's like, I don't remember this in Dragon Ball. Like, I, I watched a fair amount of that show, and these guys never showed up. <laughs> there were, I think in two of the movies they have where Goku fights robots. But, okay. I mean, like you said, it's not like... There are episodes where they just have Goku going around and fighting robots because he has nothing else better to do. Yeah. You know? And it, it, like there are all these guys like constantly around. Uh, yeah, I mean, fighting, you only have one melee button and you just keep hammering on that. Uh, you have like, you know, your usual key blast and then, you know, you have special moves. Uh, it's real basic. <laughs> it's not like boring yet. But it's getting there. You're gonna say so. Something? There's no way to like gain more abilities. I'm guessing like once you, you, I mean, theoretically, like the first one of the first things you do is like you do this like little mental battle with I think Krillin, and then you like learn one of his moves. But mm-hmm. that was like in the first ten minutes, and I haven't seen anything else like that yet or since. Uh, I'm sure that like once he becomes Super Saiyan, mm-hmm. his attacks. I mean, yeah, you know, but the game is very change. like laborious like it's just very slow <laughs> like I, so this looks this looks more open world than previous dragon balls how open oh, yeah. world is it how how contiguous is the world like is it just one huge area no no is it's, it... i mean it's not like uh shadow of war that second mordor game like there like there are individual like biomes that like or like cities you can go to like they're mm-hmm. decently sized but all you really do is collect orbs or hunt for like materials like occasionally, like one, or, like they may have like a side quest. Like the first side quest I did was finding Master Roni, Master Roshi's porno mag because Turtle hit it, or which was pretty funny and on point. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's not like these things that like fill the side quest. Like and most have seen like two in an area so far. <laughs> yeah, I, again, I think that probably changes once you get through some of the bigger battles in the game and that kind of. I, I mean, mean maybe. But, I mean, yeah, it's just going so slow. It's like, oh, man. So how long does it take to... What level are you? How long does it take to, like, level up? See, there's no... It levels up automatically. You don't, like... It's not like an RPG. It it basically, like, levels up with the story. So you don't feel like defeating a certain number of robots or whatever makes it to where... I mean, if you defeat, like, a thousand of them, you may get, like, another level. But it's just basically... It's not like you gain, like, powers. It's just like, oh, you get... 10, like, plus 10 HP or plus 20, you know, attack power. Right, but, like, how much can you grind it out? Like, can you can you get to the point where you're, like, you, you're I severely mean, OP? No, you can't. I think well, that's I think probably, dude, 
I wouldn't be surprised if some of that is also because they don't want you to be so overpowered to where when you have that first big fight with Freezer or something like that, like you're one hit, one shotting well, him or whatever. No, you know? it, but it's not like, you know, they don't take that into account. Like I beat, I had to fight Raddix three times and I beat him all three times. And it's not like, oh, after the first time I beat him, he left or, you know, the story ended. Cause it's like, yeah, they're following the anime. So. Right. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I mean, I should have just lost that fight. I, I think if I did, if I well, it doesn't matter. Over. He's still. You still would have gone and and kept on. So yeah, like I, I should actually try to do that. Like the next boss fight, or like the big, some big like fight. I should just lose it and see what happens. <laughs> well, I'm assuming you fight Nappa next if you're going to the story. So yeah, oh, well, I'm still like in the Gohan hunting dinosaur meat crap. But yeah, wait, is it actually just retelling the old story oh, yeah. of Dragon Ball that we yep. called the real? Yeah, exactly. And... I mean, but that's the whole point of it, though. Is like you're getting to play. As Goku in a free roaming, well, sort of free roaming environment, and getting to relive his story and have those big battles, and they are adding. I think they are adding some like they add like a new character, which I haven't seen her yet, like a new Ginyu Force member. Um, but yeah, it's pretty bog standard. Like you know, here are the Cybermen, or you know, here's Piccolo, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think Bandai did tell me that they're adding eleven subquests or something like that. Uh, also. They had this like, incredibly weird uh, character community member board thing, or it looks like some weird like board game where you like you have like a character in the middle who's like determines what board it is, and then you like can place like these medals or icons around them to like boost it up, and they barely explain it at all. <laughs> so I'm not even touching it too well because I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Does it feel like it's important to what you're? I think it. I think it would be, but it's like because it, a lot of it's like, oh, if you fill up this board, you get plus hundred XP, or you know, plus a hundred till your cooking like skill or whatever. But they just, it's really slow, and they don't explain it that well either. So, I think if I like really stared at it, I might figure it out. But they should have explained it a little better in the tutorial. <laughs> Do you feel like this is something that? If you're not a hardcore DBZ fan, you could get into. No, God, or? no. <laughs> you need to be, <laughs> because there are very specific references in this game which are like only catered to DBZ fans. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, at least but, at least the fan service is yeah is spot on. So, and like I did one fight with Raditz, it was actually kind of cool because it was like the big boss fight with him. So it was like very different from the other ones because he was actually like a tough opponent, but. Most of this stuff I just match B on the controller until it ends. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's why you're playing with Gohan because Goku died. Right. Now, I'm sorry if you were for some reason listening to this and you wanted to watch Dragon Ball and you haven't. Yeah, you've been spoiled for, <laughs> from the past thirty years, or you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Goku dies a lot. That's sort of like one of the conceits of that show. <laughs> so. Yeah. Although they did, they did do one funny thing where. Uh, when Gohan transforms into the big ape and starts like you know beating up Piccolo, uh, Piccolo blows at the moon and then Gohan transforms back into a kid, but he's not naked. And I was like, man, what happened? <laughs> that was pretty funny back in the show. Yeah, that's that's a weird thing not to do because you can easily like make it just well, like the show where you don't see anything. So it's, yeah, he's, uh, like, wearing these, like, he's like wearing these like. <laughs> 
shorts, and I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I'm surprised I haven't seen the censorship cries or whatever yet. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, this will be something that we can keep touching yeah. on as the weeks go by, however yeah. long it takes Mark to get further and mm-hmm. further into the game. Also, uh, I think that I haven't played it yet, but I think they finally patched up uh, Monster Hunter. <laughs> I did see something about they had patched the console versions. It's not a PC one yeah. for me because I yeah. downloaded some 200 megabyte patch to like actually make it work. <laughs> did you download the patch with Dragon Ball? No, I think it like just auto downloaded. Okay, because they were like, please make sure that the that he down whoever's reviewing downloads the the patch before. Oh, playing. Dragon Ball! Dragon Ball! I mean, it just patched up by itself. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, Jens, yep. you've been playing the other. Well, technically, it's you know it's a remaster of a game that came out in 2016, but uh, the Switch version of uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions Sharp Fire Emblem. How's yep. that? The other, the other big release this week. Uh, I was chatting with Mark last night, and he asked me, "So, is this more of a Persona game or more of a Fire Emblem game?" And I told him straight up, you know, there's practically no Fire Emblem gameplay elements in this. No, yeah, it's. It's Persona if the titular Personas were classic Fire Emblem characters. I really, though, I mean, it's more, it's really just a Shin Megami Tensei game with some Persona trappings. It has some of the relationship building in that you'll pursue side quests for your various group members, you know, to help them fulfill personal goals like becoming a better idol or whatever. But there's no high school setting, obviously, and you'll spend a lot more time dungeon crawling in the Idol Sphere, which is this game's equivalent of the Shadow Realm. Uh, in fact, if you've ever played Persona 4 or 5 or even the mainline Shin Megami Tensei game, you're going to recognize and understand the core mechanics of Tokyo Mirage Sessions right away. It's really all the same stuff under different names. So, you know, the spells and skills are very much the same as the ones we all know and love. You start with Dia and Cleave and go on to unlock, you know, Skewer, Agi, Zio, you know, Bolt Strike, Venom Shots, all that stuff. You know, we've all played... Uh, these things, so, you know, we, we know, if you've played one of these, you know what to do. And for the first several hours, you're gonna really not encounter any issues. The game is on the lighter side of difficulty, I think, as far as the series. I mean, it's, compared to regular Shin Megami Tensei, it's very gentle. Because, uh, regular Shin Megami Tensei games tend to kick my ass. Right, oh yeah. Uh, Who do they yeah. not kick that? I mean, that, those games <laughs> are meant to kick your ass. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so Personas are now called Mirages. Uh, you level them up the same way, um, unlocking and customizing skills. The more you use them, the only Do real you, difference. Do uh, you persuade them the same way too, or? No, it's not like collecting. It's that happens more in the that just kind of happens in cutscenes in the story, like the early ones when you get Chrome and you get uh, Kaida. You know, that's just a story event, so you don't have to like capture them or anything. Um, but so that's a big difference. Also, they're not separate summons in combat. In combat, but they manifest. As your weapons, uh, right? And okay. but then when you're in cutscenes or in story sequences where there's dialogue, they'll be separate from you, so you can talk to them between battles and stuff. But you know, whenever uh, when a battle starts, actually, like the first time that you get when you first get Chrome and Kaida, there there is this um, like awesome kind of Sailor Moon style transformation sequence where like you will take on their aspects basically as they transform into your weapons. But really, you know, it's it's basically like their personas. And there are differences, but it's basically like their personas. Uh, but they're called mirages now, and people who can control them are called mirage masters, 
which is kind of the whole thing. And you become part of this like team of Mirage Masters that's fighting the Shadow Realm and trying to protect humanity. Um, what in Persona you know as combo attacks, here are called sessions. And they work very similarly. So if you hit an enemy with an attack type that that particular enemy is weak against, that will then trigger a follow-up attack from your other team members, and it'll turn into a big thing. And eventually, you get pretty awesome sessions where there's like full-on like musical numbers uh, right, yeah. that, that will play off during the attacks and stuff, and it's rad. Um, <laughs> I know Mark, so it's, you it's mostly thing. like skill-based, right? Like, So you don't do physical attacks and stuff like that because they won't... Really do anything I mean, there are or... some there are some physical attacks that I mean that's I mean a lot of physical attacks are also skills right like things like pierce or cleave are technically skills they are physical type attacks but there are certain enemies that are you know vulnerable to certain physical attacks so it's just like every Shin Megami game you just have to kind of figure out oh yeah this particular little funsy guy is weak against Dio uh, Dia and if I Dia, what am I saying? We weak against Dia, and if I hit him with Dia, he'll be almost dead, and then there'll be a follow-up attack that'll finish him off, kind of thing, right? Yeah. Um, dungeon design very similar to Persona Four, so you'll feel right at home there. Uh, it, it was it is, it's randomly generated, or uh, I am not sure. Actually, I don't think it is. I don't think it is. I think it is. Um, I don't know how much randomization there is. At least in the early dungeons, it, everything seemed fairly deliberate. Mm-hmm. I guess I'll figure that out as I as I go along. Um, it's been a long time since I played it on the Wii U, so I don't really know if the dungeons are different than they were last time. I think the dungeons are set, uh, but like from like a style standpoint, and you know, like the way that you surprise enemies, like it has the first strike mechanic where you can kind of sneak up on one and kind of hit him, or if they come at you and you hit them at the right moment, uh, as they're exactly the right distance from you, you'll get a first strike on them. And uh, if you do that, you then have the option. You, you'll kind of knock them out, and you can either fight them with an advantage, or you can just avoid them. So that's very Persona 4 to me. Uh, that's good. Well, is So is there anything from this version that makes it worth it if you have the Wii version... Like anything different that makes it to where you need it, that you should double dip, or is this really for people that have always wanted to play it and just didn't get it on Wii U? I think it's a great way to play it for the first time. Uh, I have not yet come across anything that was notably different from uh, previous from the previous release. Uh, the main things I've noticed, and it's kind of a, a trade-off, where uh, obviously this is not coming on a DVD this time, so there's less space which means that your cutscenes and your music are more compressed than they were on the Wii U version. So I, th- I think I personally still slightly prefer the Wii U version for that. But then on the other hand, the, the load times are much shorter. Like the load times Oh, are that was one of the biggest problems I had with that game, was it took forever to load. Yeah, it's yeah. N- really snappy now. I mean, like almost instant sometimes. Oh, that's um, great. That's great. So that's, a, so that's a big advantage. So it really kind of matters what you care about. Um, I just love the game. I'm happy to play it again. Um, the biggest difference you'll notice from Persona right away is just how quickly you get into things, right? Like, there's, like, no hours and hours of intro. There's no, you have to go to sleep now. You know, you don't have Morgana telling you to go to bed every, you know, every 20 minutes of game. Like, it's just, you start in the prologue with, you start with this, you know, the anime cutscene that depicts the inciting incident, which is the great disappearance 
which I don't know if you remember, uh, Sean. Yeah, I do remember uh, that, yeah. Right, the, the entire opera house disappearing with only one survivor, Tsubasa, who becomes one of your main group members, your childhood friend of the protagonist, Itsuki. And we flash forward five years, and, you know, she's auditioning to be an idol, and gets almost immediately abducted into the Shadow Realm, excuse me, into the Idolosphere. And you've got to go after her. So you get that first dungeon right away, and then you get your Fire Emblem, your first Fire Emblem Mirages right away. And then it also turns out that your best friend Tuoku, who's kind of a Ryuku type, uh, he's already a Mirage Master, which he's been keeping secret from you. So you kind of have your core group together right away. And you go up to like, I think there's like seven or eight playable characters altogether in that game. Um, and there's, I mean, there's some great, you remember some of those. You remember, um, ah, uh, what's his name? Um, like Barry Goodman. You remember the otaku? There's yeah, like okay. an otaku. There's like the record manager. There's all these different idols. Uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of the people that are in your, once you're recruited into this team of Mirage Masters, it turns out that there's a lot of, uh, a lot of idols, um, that are in there with you. If setting-wise, the thing that it reminds me most of actually is Persona 4 Dancing all night, uh, which is oh, in a I similar that. Yeah. kind of idol industry, record industry setting. So, so that's just the basic premise of it. Uh, you know, obviously a lot of stuff happens. There's two cities uh, that that you're in. I forget what they are, but it's kind of two major Japanese cities that it's taking place in. And you do break up your time between uh, doing side quests where you're building up where you're, you're like building relationships and things and going into the Adolosphere to do dungeon crawling. Though again, there's way less relationship building than there is in the Persona game. And there isn't a lot of the, you know, you're not going to get like, um, do, uh, activities that'll boost your skills or any of that stuff. Um, so yeah, it's just to me, I'm about four hours in now. It's been a long time since I've played it. So admittedly, I don't remember a ton of what happens later in the game. Uh, that's so okay. We don't need to spoil that for people. Yeah, it'll, it'll be great to see that all again. Um, I'm loving it all over again. It's just, it's one of my favorite Shin Megami Tensei games and just a fun and relaxing dungeon crawler with an awesome art style and lovable characters. And, um, I really don't have any complaints about it. Actually, my only, the only thing is I wish there were more of the anime cutscenes because again, when those, uh, Sailor Moon style transformations happen, I'd, I'd forgotten how awesome those are. And it made yeah. me fall in love with the game all over again. So I was like, oh, I want more of this. Like, why can't I, wonder I see if, this every time I go into battle? <laughs> I wonder if this does well for Switch, if they would consider making a sequel or, you know, a, another ver, you know, not necessarily like has to continue the story, but just another one of those games. Um, you know, that's. You could also directly continue. I mean, I don't, have they ever done a like direct, other than Persona 2, the two parts of Persona 2, have they ever done like a direct sequel yeah, with the same game? Didn't they do it with 4? Well, 4 had a whole bunch of spin-offs with the same characters. Yeah, because that's what they're saying is Scramble is actually more a Persona 5 sequel than it is being a spin-off game. So. Yeah. Right, so they've, they've, yeah. done, they've done it for when they did spin-offs, but they, I don't think they've done it for like a mainline sequel. But I would actually love a main, this is a This particular one, I think a mainline sequel would be great. But I'd also be happy with, let's just do another one of these in the style and the, you know, with, with the music industry setting. Cause, um, I think it's a very rich setting and, uh, there's a lot of great music in this game. Also, I'm really enjoying the soundtrack. 
Yeah, somebody didn't get to play, you know, very much of it. I think I got like to 10 hours in and then I had to, you know, sell my Wii U. So unfortunately I didn't get to experience the entire game. I think definitely if I ever catch it on, I know at Walmart, if it's still there at your Walmart, because I know it's sold out in a lot of Walmarts because of the, that, you know, Walmart has that $10 off thing for Switch games. So, you know, if I see it on a like 45 to, Thirty. I don't know if it would ever get down to thirty dollars. I know Atlas sometimes will do big sales. Yeah, so. I was actually at a Walmart um, the other day, and there was just one left, so I snatched it up for Mark, even though I already had one. So, yeah, you're getting that in a few days. <laughs> I'll be I'll be handing that nice. over to him. If you want him to review it, he'll have it. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, Another game for the pile. <laughs> yeah, because uh, Nintendo didn't respond to me. I don't know if they're gonna. I mean, I did send the follow up email like. Right, probably when they're closing the door. Um, you should, so you should open it with "Listen, you fuckers, I want to play this game." <laughs> <laughs> that that would work so well. <laughs> so uh, I don't know if you know the person will actually respond to me tomorrow and just tell me no or whatever, you know. But yeah, so Super Crush KO is the game that I've been playing. It's a very it's a three hour beat 'em up. Mini uh, indie game from the Sandy Boom made Ghostful Explosion Machine. So yeah, it's 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 really good as far as the the actual beat 'em up gameplay. It's actually really smooth. The the fighting is like it only has you know a few moves that you learn and you learn it within like the second level and there's twenty levels, but it's actually all built on comboing. So there's a letter grade that's in the right corner of your screen constantly. And you're trying to get S grades, obviously. Uh, so, and there's scripted moments where it wants you to fight all these hordes of aliens and then you'll get graded at the end. And then there's times where you still get the grade, but there, it doesn't cap it off for you. You can try to actually go through the whole level and maintain an S grade if you want. Um, and I mean, that's kind of the, the basis of, of the game is just, Trying to keep your combo. Uh, the story is kind of funny and, and, you know, it's like, uh, so this, you're Karen and she gets her cat stolen by this alien. And basically you go and run off and you're fighting these aliens because you're trying to get your cat back. That's the life. basis. Yeah. That's the, <laughs> that's the <laughs> basis of the story. It's a beat him up. What do you expect? So, Man. and then you, you find these giant mech robots and the boss levels. And that's, that's sort of it. But, like, I, I enjoyed it. Um, you know, I'm writing the review right now. Vertex Pop sent me the, the code. So, uh, I'm like halfway through it and I'll probably have it done today. And then, you know, we'll go on to yeah, the next man. game. I'm looking at the trailer for this right now and I'm digging this art style. Yeah, the art style is really good. The only thing that's, you know, it, basically it's like a cityscape that goes from day to night within when you get to the mm-hmm. four different, uh, areas. And that's kind of it. But the, you know, the art style stays. Uh, frequent and there's a lot of different enemy types, so that that helps too. You got to learn that I, eventually. I just like the splotchy paint look of it, where like nothing oh, has yeah. sharp edges or anything, and the vibrant colors and everything. It looks, it looks like you're just in a pastel moving uh, show, basically. It looks really nice. As somebody who's bad at comboing, would I still enjoy playing through this just as a as a casual thing? 
Or, yeah, or does it matter not... getting a good rank? Like, what is the benefit of getting a good rank? Do I have to, or is this just... No, like you don't a... have to at all. It's it's there if you like score chasing, but you don't have to at all. It doesn't... You're not gated. Like, if you don't pass it with a B, it doesn't mean that you don't get to the boss or whatever. It's That's if you want to. You don't have or to... Or don't get the best ending or whatever. No, no. Yeah, there's, there's only one ending, and, you know, so... I, don't worry about that. That that was my thing, too, is I was actually happy that there wasn't something like that, because that turns me off from games, because uh, I'm a person that loves beat-em-ups, and if I, I get that you need to have combos to try to get people to keep playing and stuff like that, but I hate it when, oh, if you don't get this certain score, then, well, you don't get to see this, or you don't get to go on here. It's It's kind of dumb, so I'm glad that they took the kind of casual approach of... You can do what you want here. So yeah, I mean, it's 15 bucks if you want to buy it. I would say it's recommended. Uh, the only thing is, like I said, unless you're a score, unless you're not a score chaser, there's not much for you after you beat the three hour, you know, story. So it's, that's on you. You know, if, if price is a thing for someone listening and you, you're like one of those people that has to, really think about what games you buy every month. You know, that's a consideration for you, but I don't take that into account when I'm reviewing a game or, or thinking about that. Uh, so for me, it's, I think my, my score is around like a seven out of 10. This is a good game. That's good by our metric. So, but uh, yeah, so moving on from, unless somebody's playing anything else they want to talk about. I played a little more Dark Souls Genesis. It's still fun. Okay. <laughs> I don't like the uh yeah the camera's getting in the way now of the platforming, which is unfortunate. Oh, that's wait. Does does this platforming? I thought it was more of a Diablo type. No, no. It's like I, oh, said, I made the same mistake more, too. It's not. No, it's more of a uh, Laura Croft Guardian of Light oh. game. Oh yeah, right. Okay. But, but I think in that game you need a little more, you need a little more camera control, maybe. But in this <laughs> one, uh. Yeah, you just—I just miss platforms quite easily, or just—I like, don't remember on. any camera control in that game. I just thought it was isometric. Yeah, you might be right. You know, I think about it. Um, but I thought like the I felt like the combat or the uh, platform was better in that game than in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I've unlocked a lot more crap, so that's always fun. <laughs> and the story's meandering at at, at, at its usual pace. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get into news stuff so basically the whole you know everybody was hyped for the smash direct as you're getting the last uh fighter in the 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 first fighter pass and technically this character is not available until the 28th of january but uh many people were either very happy or very upset that Byleth, uh the protagonist of violin three houses was the character that got announced you get the male and female uh form of Byleth so there's that option for you Sakurai is a huge Fire Emblem fan so this is why there's so many Fire Emblem characters uh, in the game you know you guys are the Fire Emblem Three Houses people so yeah I'm happy uh, yeah I, I'm I'm not a huge Smash fan, but every time a new Fire Emblem character is announced for Smash, I'm Smash. I'm thinking to myself, you know, wow, I should probably give Smash another chance. This is maybe this will get me back into it. So that's exciting for me. I also was just excited by how it trolled the rest of the internet 
It was fun seeing everybody's reactions. Uh, I had too many swordsmen, you say? (laughs) Yes, that was great trolling. I love that. Uh, I really, (laughs) I just want Edelgard in there, but I know they're not going to do. She's a background character, so it's it's great to see kind of the 3D character models of like Edelgard and Dimitri and and Claude and stuff. So I actually would love to see them in the regular game. I'm hoping that the next six. As of yet, unannounced uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate characters are all Fire Emblem characters. Oh God, could you that, imagine? That's, that's not going to happen. Yeah, could you, could you imagine the absolute, just total man? Sakurai would would get so much shit. It'd be ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, so like, what do you think about them adding like all of those weapons? I mean, that seems like a lot of different weapons. Well, that, it's just t- isn't yeah. it just tied to your uh, like buttons? So, I mean, it looks like... Yeah, they're Pokemon. just different attacks. It makes yeah, her a very versatile character. It looks like the Pokemon trainer or something like that. Yeah, so she has the Sword of the Creator, the uh, Red... Sorry, I can't announce this. Uh, yeah, red Bar, like, Lance. It's, it's like the the bow, the big hammer, and I think the uh, axe from... Yeah. <laughs> from that game, and just... Yeah, I mean, it's... it's she, exactly like you said. You guys said uh, she, she can't... Uh, I think they said her grab... Is not good. Like, it lacks range, but basically, from a distance, you're not gonna be able to stop her or him at all. Uh, and that, that, uh, final smash looks awesome, as most of the final smashes do. Uh, what do you guys think of the stage? And I'm, I'm sure you are excited about the 11 tracks being added in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And as as I said, I, I, I love seeing the other Fire Emblem characters kind of rendered as 3D models in the background. And I like seeing the monastery. As a stage, it looks really good. Good to see Garrett March in in, uh, in Smash. Yeah, well, good, good, good addition. I may have to pick that up. That's uh, season pass up at some point. Uh, the, I mean, there's. They also announced what what had already been rumored: the new Smash uh, DLC pack, which is going to have six characters, and they will all arrive before 2022. Which is amazing that they are already promising almost two years worth of content. So it's, it's going to be really spread out. Yeah, it's going to be timely, huh? Like, <laughs> well, I mean, you know how Sakurai says that it takes him a long time to make one character be able to fit in with all the other characters. Yeah. So, and to be fair, it's that game is going to get played for a long time, so it makes sense that they're supporting it for a long time. I mean, it's going to have legs yeah. to support that. So, yeah, uh, I mean, I think it takes them a lot longer than it does to take put in characters for other fighting games. It seems like anyway. Uh, Mortal Kombat's pretty quick. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, it takes Smash a lot longer to make characters than it does for Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter. Uh-huh. Or, you know, because they're also adding the stage, they're adding musical tracks, Some, especially for these third parties. I'm sure uh, a lot of that is legal mumbo-jumbo that they have to get out of also. So, you know, uh, I'd, I'd imagine with Banjo and Kazooie, Microsoft, they, they had to put in some... Some ex- legal exchange there with Microsoft. So, yeah. Uh, you also I was, <laughs> go ahead. I was catching up on some uh, uh, podcasts, some other video game podcasts uh, early today. Like I was listening to, to Castle Super Beast, and they were, you know, still speculating about. Well, he held up the number three. So, what does that mean? It's gonna be like they've got to do Dante. Oh, maybe it's oh yeah, three. Maybe it's everybody was saying it's either Dante or Sora. It has to be somebody huge because it's the last one. It's like, well, now it really doesn't because they have six other DLC characters, so they can make you wait all the way to twenty twenty end of twenty twenty one to 
to see Sora or whatever. So I just love that it's three uh, houses. I just yeah. love it so much. <laughs> when I saw him do the number three, I was like, "Watch it be three houses," and, and everybody's going to be pissed because it's another Fire Emblem person. And yeah, so th- they have some cool me fighters as well. They got added, you know, Altier from Assassin's Creed. A rabbit is in there. Uh, I was happy to see a Cuphead uh, in in there, and of course uh, two Mega Mans from Battle Network and Mega Man X. So. That's cool. I wonder if that means we're gonna get the battle, like a battle network collection or something for Switch. I mean, I I assume so because the zero collection's coming out soon. Yeah. Oh, it does come out in a couple of days. That's right. Yeah. So that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, I I forgot to ask about that. Honestly, I didn't know if you wanted to add another well, game com- to your. No, it's coming out like next month. So. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was the end of this month. All right, so that's good. So, well, things that will not be coming out when they were supposed to uh, are th- this has become delay season in like one week. <laughs> uh, so four games got delayed in the matter of just this week. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 has now been delayed till September 17th uh, with uh, CD Projekt Red basically saying that Night City is massive. It's got way- it's got a ton of content and we need to finish playtesting, fixing and polishing. And, you know, they were pretty upfront about that. They were also saying that don't expect the multiplayer until 2021 because of that also. So if you were really hyped for the Cyberpunk 2077 multiplayer, you're going to be waiting a while. Uh, I mean, let me just go ahead and announce all the delays. Then we could talk about everything all together. Marvel's Avengers got delayed until September 4th. Uh, it's supposed to come out in May. Uh, this is basically the same thing. Uh, they need additional development time, all that stuff. And Iron Man VR got delayed as well. That's also now coming out in, oh, why did I, why did this not have the actual, oh, May 15th. And it was supposed to come out next month. So now it comes out May 15th. It still looks really cool. Like, this is a, like, PSVR game I'm sort of interested in, uh, picking up because the, the story is sort of interesting where he's having to deal with ghosts and, uh, you're getting to control a lot of his weapons and gear and that kind of thing. Uh, you get to customize them. And then also Final Fantasy VII Remake is delayed till April 10th. So that's only a month, basically, for final polishing. I think they also want to, uh, Get the, I don't know if this is either for them to have an extra bit of time to put the demo out, or if the, there's been rumors that the, they won't put the demo out except for only when the game is already out. So I guess we could talk about that as well if that's a good idea. So of these four games, which one are you, I guess, most bummed about that you'll have to wait a little while and... None of them. None of them? And yeah. is there, has there ever been a time in your life where you were like, I guess when let, let's put this like when you're an actual adult and not a kid where you can get upset about things and not be rational about it. Like, has there been a game that got delayed that you went, Oh man, I'm so pissed. I really wanted to play that right now. And then I can't, it's like, I, I just want, my main thing is I want the game to be finished and as polished as possible. Like the Witcher basically took a half year after it came out before it was actually decently playable. Like, I would have been happy with them. I mean, Witcher 3, that is. Would have been happy with them to delay that. 
Uh, I'm assuming Cyberpunk 2077 is still going to have a big day one patch. So I just want games to be finished. I don't care when games come out. I have got enough stuff to play. I'm not going to run out of games to play for years and years. I play things when they come out. I don't care. You know, I just play it when it comes out. I don't really care about what date it hits. I just want it to be finished. So anything to help the game be better, I'm 100% behind. I assume this won't be the last delay of Final Fantasy VII also. <laughs> really? You think I mean, we're going to delay it again? Oh, yeah. I don't expect that to happen. I would have thought if they're going to do that, just to lay it further. Why yeah, delay it for one month and then... Right now if they knew that, they, that that was going to happen. Yeah, I mean, perhaps depending on how far along they are with Part 2, maybe there was a little bit of, hey, let's delay this, make sure this Part 1 is good, because they might be playing this for a while by itself, and we don't want to release it kind of borked or whatever, and then... <laughs> There's a bad taste in your mouth while you're waiting for the second one. What what uh what do you guys make of the whole okay, so they had the demo leak, right? And obviously that's up there on YouTube and all that stuff. Wouldn't it make more sense to go ahead and release that now to get people like of a taste of what that is for their own self instead of no, the rumor that they might people. release it that day? It would drive people too like nuts too much, I think. It was just like inferior people that it's not coming out even sooner. Okay. Is that how you feel, Jens? Just have that demo there if people want to play an hour, see if they want to buy it, or just release it? I don't really know what the point of it is. Uh, If if I'm interested in Final Fantasy VII Remake, I pretty much know I'm going to buy it anyway. So the demo coming out the same day as the game, which is what they seem to be be planning, uh, doesn't make any sense to me because why would you even waste your time playing the demo? You're just going to buy the game and play it anyway. Uh, so I guess as a, I would probably put it out like a week before or something. You want it as a hype builder, but I agree with Mark that it's too soon now to do it. But I don't get this same day demo thing because it seems like that is a game that you don't really need a, like you're not, you don't have to convince anybody to give Final Fantasy VII Remake a try, you know? Yeah, like most people know what it, I mean, 95% of the people that are interested in that game know what it is. You're either getting it for nostalgia reasons or you're getting it because you want the graphical upgrade or whatever, you know? So, yeah, I mean, it's not like the regular Final Fantasy VII isn't out there for you to play and buy. <laughs> so, um, they, did, they did the same thing with Final Fantasy XV. Like, they released that demo before the game came out, like about a few weeks before. Yeah, but that's that. what I'm saying. Like, no, there was... That first demo came out a long time before the game came out. Then yeah. they released that other one that was... Like a battle, like a really small story portion. It had the little rabbit thing that you followed around and stuff like that. Like that one came out a bit, a lot closer to when the game came out. But mm-hmm. yeah, my, I mean, my only thing with the Cyberpunk delay is that it moves Cyberpunk really close to the release of the new consoles. So part of me was like trying to figure out, okay, do I just wait until they do the you know PS5 version of Cyberpunk? But then CD Projekt Red came out and said, we're not going to do that. So, like, supposedly there's not going to be a different version for the new console. Yeah, that so quickly. That, yeah, that. it's going to come out at least six months to a year later or something, if, well, if they even, do it. I mean, they said they have no plans right now, so they may obviously still, that they could hedge their bets. 
and eventually say, well, now we have plans to do it, or, you know, we weren't ready to announce it or anything. But. I mean, the thing is, you don't really need it, right? Because supposedly both of these consoles are going to be, day one, all of your save files, all of your, I mean, if your game's digital, obviously. If you mm-hmm. have a digital version of the game and and your saves in the cloud, it's going to be there day one. You don't have to do anything. I mean, other than maybe an update or something, you don't have to do anything special. Yep. So you don't really need to have a PS5 version if just putting it on your PS5 is going to make it look better. And this is so. one that I'm definitely going to buy digitally, just based on how Witcher 3 went. I mean, Witcher 3 on disc is basically a coaster. Because there is, you know, I have basically re-downloaded the entire game worth of content in, you know, hundreds and hundreds of gigabytes worth of patches. So it's like, it's a totally different game anyway. Yeah. So I'm assuming, you know, it's not really, unless, I've come to the point where it's like, unless the game that's on the disc is actually finished, there's no point having the disc. And I'm a physical media guy, but it's like, if the, if the whole game has to be overhauled past Initial release, I don't see the point of having a disc. I used to be, but, you know, since Mark and I both have been, like, reviewing games for a long time, everything comes digitally, almost. I mean, at at first, like, when we were in, like, the early days of Formula 1, I remember, and I'm sure Mark remembers, too, getting... Yeah, I got, like... Getting discs with, like, big-ass bundles, or... I had uh, Activision send me Game Fuel... With my copy of a box that had, uh, Infinite Warfare along with Game Fuel and something else. Like, uh, so, I mean, I think, uh, it, it, I kind of miss that sometimes, but everything is, you know, digital now. So I'm, I've just gotten so used to, I'll just pay for my game and this makes it easier to, if I want to reinstall it on my Switch or whatever console I'm using, I can just easily reinstall it. I don't have to go find my disc or whatever. Well, you I know, mean, so. Switch is fine. It's like, you know, the 40 gigabyte patch for a PS4 game. That's the real killer. It's like, yeah, I'd rather just have it digitally then because who cares? But Switch, you know, they may have patches, but, you know, it'll be done in 20 seconds of downloading, not two two hours. Well, you know, what? That, what? No, and oh, that's sorry. the thing, too, with the, with the PS, at least with the PS4. There is an advantage of getting the disc because it doesn't take forever to install. The Xbox doesn't matter so at all. So, you know, I wonder if that's going to be any different with the next generation. Mm. The, those installs, man. Uh, it's, but yeah, it's tough to motivate. Man. Yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh no, it's now that they now that Microsoft has said that basically in the first year of the new Xbox's existence, there's going to be no exclusives. I really wonder what the point is. <laughs> If you want to get it just to have it because you know it's it's eventually gonna, but I think that's good. Like it lets you save money. I mean, buy your all they care about. Let's be honest. All Microsoft cares about right now is: Do you have Game Pass? Do you have Xbox Live Gold? Do you have? Uh, are you are you gonna eventually join X Cloud? Like that's all they care about. And okay. if you want to get our system, cool, it's there. I mean, Microsoft has money to. I guess throw away like that. No other, no other company could really get away with it. Um, but, uh, I think they know that it's much easier to hedge your bet that people are going to probably not rush out and buy everything day one. At least their games still work. And if you want to buy it a year later, then, then you can buy the system a year later, you know? 
there's always going to be people that are going to want to have that thing on day one to say they got it. You know, so I don't think you're worried too much about that. It's, I don't know. I'm a day one kind of guy, and even I'm like, why? Well, yeah, I if I'm like going to pick well, between one or the other. Microsoft and not PS5. I mean, especially if all the rumors are true. I mean, right. yeah. Oh, PS5, definitely day one. Yeah, I mean, let's see if, if PS5, what they're going to have at launch, you know, as far as games go. I mean, cause, if, if the, I mean, it'll, I think PS5 will definitely have PS4 backward compatibility. Oh, they do. That's already been confirmed. But if the rumors are true that it's going to have all backward compatibility, that'd be rad. <laughs> oh my god, uh, that'd be amazing. Unfortunately, aside from some PS3 games, I don't really, <laughs> I don't really care because uh, I lost all my PS1 right. and PS2 games. So I'm sorry, man. Yeah, I'm so happy. I've still got yeah, I've got like about 40 or 50 PS2 games that I'm like excited to. I'd be excited to put those back in. I have like 15, maybe like well, between like 10 and 15, but they're all like most of the good ones. So play Way of the Samurai again, you know. <laughs> I mean, if this just makes it to where Navy Persona 3 and 4 will become digitally available again, I'm... Yeah, all those Persona games. Yeah, I'm I'm down with that. Cause... Digital Devil Saga. I want to play Digital Devil Saga again. We can play Nocturne yeah. again. It'd be great yeah, to be able to put all those discs again. Yeah, I got Nocturne, so that's fun. <laughs> uh, is there any of these that you're... Like, you really wanted to play when it was going to come out, Mark? Or are you cool with waiting? Or... I mean, probably Final Fantasy VII. Um, but I'm okay with that, because, like I said, I think that'll be delayed for a while. Uh, and we'll be playing Persona for the Royal. I mean, five the Royal. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'll be playing a better game, so that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand the response. You know, in our in our podcast chat, I saw some folks being like, why even have a console? I'm just going to sell my console. Who cares? It's just like, what are you talking about? It's not like yeah, well, it's not games. I, I, he's not... Constantly, constantly be upgrading your PC every one to two years. Like... <laughs> I don't think he's a PC gamer either. I think he just, he's oh, not, from what I've seen, the person you're talking about, I think he's, he's, I've seen him review driving games and I've seen him, he plays like, I think Wildlands was his favorite game that year that it came out. So I think he's more of a shooter driving game person, sports person than say like RPG and platformers and all that stuff. Right. So, you know, uh, so, Perhaps the biggest story that came out in that in this last week, or, or two of them, I guess, that drew the most controversy outside of people getting upset that a character got added to Smash, as if that ruins your uh, your your being able to play as other characters in that game, is Sony is once again skipping out on E3, and they. It, it's funny because like. Everybody was saying, all right, Sony skipped E3 last year because they had nothing to show. They couldn't just keep showing the same four games over and over or three or however many were left that they hadn't shown yet. And, you know, they, oh, they're definitely going to come back now because, oh, they want to go toe to toe with Microsoft and, and, you know, they can both review, they can both reveal the, the systems there and they can show off the prices and do all the same things that happened in what, 2013? So Sony is deciding not to do that. And the ESA has responded to the uh, what Sony is is deciding that, that they're not doing, saying that basically, you know, he feel they feel like E3 is still a signature event, that it's loved by billions of people around the world, that uh, you know it's still going to be this great thing that people need to go see. All the things you'd expect them to say, they're not going to sit there and go, oh well, it's not worth it because Sony's not in it. 
Um, but basically Sony is saying that look, after evaluating that they don't need to, they have great respect for the ESA, but they uh, don't think it's the right venue for what they're doing this year and that they're going to be participating in hundreds of consumer events across the globe and make sure that fans feel part of the PlayStation family and have access to play their favorite content. And, um, I think there's also, depending on what publisher you talk to, there's publishers that don't like the idea of E3 going the way of the consumer where fans go to the show and there's publishers that feel like this should have happened five years ago. So obviously I feel like we all know that E3 has gotten to that point where it is significantly downgraded, been, been downgrading as an event in, in like the last, I want to say three or four years, even before they added fans, it was starting to feel like E3 wasn't as important as it has been in the past. What do you guys, is this a big deal that Sony is not there again? Or is Sony nah. doing the right thing? Sony's right. They don't need E3. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean yeah. I, I think it's a spectacle, but I mean, them just announcing the PS5 will be big enough for them. So. Do you think uh, I, we're I think just getting another good, PSX? Uh, I, I doubt that. I don't think that's big enough. I think the problem with Sony also, they don't have a good, like, pitch man right now. They don't have a good, good, uh, you know, like, good, good face of the company. Yeah, I would say, like, Jack Trenton was a guy that went out there and he got you excited, and Adam Boyce also had his moments. Um, Andrew House was kind of just a stoic, uh, boring presence. <laughs> but, you know, you kind of knew who he was. I, yeah, I, I'm the same way. Even Sean Layden, you know, had his times as well. I feel like you can say what you want about Phil Spencer, but the dude kind of gets excited for things. Yeah, I mean, so, obviously the biggest one was, you know, uh, Reggie or. Yeah, yeah, especially Reggie. Yeah. Yeah. That dude would light so, up a screen so, saying so almost just, nothing. Sony should just hire Reggie and that'll be it. <laughs> Could <laughs> you imagine I that? I think That'd they've realized that people care about the announcements. They don't really care about the spectacle as much. I think there's a core group of people who really like the spectacle. And who, who get excited to like watch all the E3 presentations and stuff every year. And it used to be one of those people. But I think most people just kind of go on the web after the fact and look at like, okay, here's a list of all the announcements at E3 and they pick what they care about. So I, I just don't know if it's, if it's just worth it for them monetarily to have that presence. I mean, you spend a lot of money being at E3. Oh yeah, definitely. And if, if all they wind up doing is doing a state of play. That is significantly way less money, and it will draw probably just as much attention. Yeah, uh, perhaps not from the casual consumer crowd, but yeah, does does the casual yeah. consumer crowd watch E3? I don't think they do. They still do. That that's the one time that you'll get the casual consumer because like Gamescom is still it's in an, in a different you know it's in in Germany and and like I think they don't show i think if one person usually has like a press conference and they'll show that or something but like E3 is still that destination thing in LA that it's like CES still that like that one time where people kind of all gather and and can look at that and say okay this is the gaming event or whatever we should kind of watch this and yeah i i it's obviously less significant than it used to be because you can get your news anyway you want now uh, like you said you could just go after the fact and read on 
I don't know. I'm guessing like the LA Times would would be covering or something like that. You could just go on the LA Times and go, okay, here's where they what they announced or whatever. But well, literally any video game blog. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, if you're the casual person well, who doesn't like, watch any, even like Twitter. I mean. Yeah, even Twitter. Yeah. Uh, like, I mean, ESPN would probably be covering at that point because I do do esports, and so it's like, yeah, I think it would have been a big deal. It was still a big deal in 2013 when they when both consoles announced it there. Now you can have your own event and create your own press and I don't I think E three is a bigger deal for the people that really need E three because like I said it's still a it still has that aura around it. People are still going there and maybe you don't go to the maybe these press people don't aren't going to the show floor anymore and having big huts there that say GameSpot or IGN or whatever. But you're still, all these people are still doing streams and are still creating content around it and are still making it a big deal that, okay, for these three days, we got to sit here and push out stuff. And, and they're still doing that. And Nintendo's still there too. And so is Microsoft. So if these smaller companies can, can make a dent with people going there, especially the fans going there now, um, I think it's good. But for Sony, it's probably better for them. Uh, so now everybody's going to be hyped whenever they announce. When do you think they, they would show it? You think it's like next month before, or now that we've had some delays, would they wait to, to March or something to say, okay, we're going to show off the PlayStation 5? Or do they I mean, dare do a show around E3? No, I think they show at least maybe the box next month around their stupid whatever conference we're having, like the first week of February, and then go that route. <laughs> what do you think, Jens? I have no opinion. I, I'm not. I don't really know what they're gonna do. Okay. I'm assuming it's gonna be around E3. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised because that's what was it Microsoft that did a sh- thing in February and then uh, then they like, unless it's con- yeah. unless it's coinciding with like TGS or Gamescom or something. But I don't think they're gonna wait that long. So I yeah. think it's just gonna yeah. be a fly by the seat of their pants. They're gonna have a uh, you know some kind of a stream. They'll, they'll, where they're... Yeah, they'll just, they'll just have an unannounced Twitch stream and go here it is. No one will watch it because like two people and they'll freak out. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they just say okay they're doing a state of play and then surprise everybody at the end and go oh hey here's our here's our console you know that everybody's excited about or whatever. I mean, what a way to just make state of play something you got to watch. Everybody's kind of been complaining a little bit about, oh, well, the directs tend to have things that you don't expect or whatever. Sony still hasn't done that. I think that'd be one way to get people to go, oh, oh, shit, we need to watch this. You know, so, yeah, certainly something to watch for, obviously, because we're all waiting, all waiting for that, and obviously the price as well uh, of these consoles, but Still got to wait some more. Something you won't uh, be waiting too much longer is for if you're one of those that don't have a PS4 and you only have a PC or only have an Xbox and a PC or Switch and a PC, well, Horizon Zero Dawn's coming to PC. It's not officially, officially announced by Sony or uh, Guerrilla Games or anything. Uh, but according to Jason Schreier at Kotaku, he spoke to people and they're saying that it will release on PC. Um, you know, obviously Death Stranding is coming 
later this year to PC. And, you know, it, Horizon Zero Dawn, we, we talked about it when we did the Top 100 games. It's a pretty good game. They got a lot of press. It came out the week before Breath, Breath of the Wild, so it kind of got the shaft as far as hype and everything else. But this kind of leads to my question of, I've seen a lot of people be upset about the fact that Sony exclusives are now going to PC. There's rumors abounding that Last of Us Part Two might also join that. Yeah, well, they're not coming day and date. Right. Like, at this point, is uh, Horizon Zero Dawn really going to sell It's like a three-year-old game. I know, okay, but so if, if Sony was judging this and saying, okay, well, let's release more. Let's say Last of Us Part Two comes out three to six months after it comes to PS4. I mean, that's what happened yeah. to uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. People didn't complain then. Right, but that's not a first... That's not a first... Uh, uh, yeah. So that's like the thing, but this isn't even, here's, here's the thing, right? This isn't even special because Journey was a Sony published game, right? Yeah. So, I mean, um, that came or, to PC. Even right, like, but I think we're, we're talking about the scale of Journey compared to Horizon or Last of Us Part Two. Well, is, I mean, all, the, yeah. all those Quantic Dream games came to PC just, I think this year, or I mean, last year, but yeah. still. Yeah, right. That's because Epic yeah, signed that deal with them. I don't see how this is special. Well, what I'm saying is, what, how do you, like, I kind of feel like people are just getting upset over nothing. Like, what is it? Does it really, does it make That's it to where, okay, does it make it to where, even if they did come out, let's say like a month after, does it make it to where, okay, well, now I'm not going to buy a PS5 because this came to PC. Is that, that a reason not to buy a console because uh, well, Last of Us PS- or? I think the PS5 specifically, like, you need an incredibly powerful PC to run you know, PS5 games on a PC. Like, this right. game is two years old at least and can probably scale down to most to for better PCs than you know, a PS5 game would. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I think the people that are getting up in arms about, oh, well, if Sony starts doing the Microsoft thing, then I'm not buying PS5. It's like, really? You're not? So what are you gonna go spend a bunch of money on on upgrading your PC? That's probably gonna cost you more than the PS5. Like, it's stupid. <laughs> it's a dumb thing to get mad about. Like, oh, it's not chained to your system anymore. Be mad about it. Like, I don't know. Sony's not. Sony's trying to get extra money. I don't. I don't see what. Like, let's say if it did come day and date, does it matter? Does it make you feel like you shouldn't own a PS5 because it does? No, I'm always gonna do do it on consoles. Uh, well, I like I'll use like Dragon Ball as an example. Like I think the PS4 version of that, I mean, I've heard it's garbage, and so is the Xbox One version. So I'm much happier to have it on Steam or you know have it on my PC. But for a game that's like very tied in or you know very optimized for the PS4, PS5, then I'd probably have it for that instead. Right. Yeah. I mean, also if you're if it, all of a sudden your PC couldn't play games, Mark, I mean, are you going to buy another PC or are you going to just pay a little bit less to get your PS5? I mean, I probably got a PS5. <laughs> well, yeah. So, I mean, I guess, I guess that's my point is like, I don't necessarily think that the reason people are not buying Xboxes is because those games are also showing up on PC. Uh, you know, that's, probably a sector of that market it's more because they didn't really have a ton of games that came out 
in this What's generation, that? you know. I mean, they they tried to start off strong with like Rise and a Forza, and I think they had like one or two other exclusives, and they had like right. Halo. They had, a, they had a bunch of stuff lined up that I cared about, like Scalebound and that card dueling game. Yeah, Phantom Dust. They all got they, yeah, Phantom. Yeah, they, all, they all got canceled. Yeah. 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 That, that and, and I mean, not that, to mention, at first, this is when Xbox was having to deal with the the total negativity that they dawned on themselves. So yeah. right from the uh, distribution model that that absolutely ruined them and and made it to where okay, well, I'm definitely going over to Sony now because I'm not going to have all these problems that that they're you know. For me, the worst thing about Xbox is the user interface. I think the menu is still awful. Oh, that thing is. Yeah, and that's definitely not the best part. I mean, I've joked about it in the past, but it's like the, it's like their fourth menu. Yeah, the 360 yeah, blade system is still the best thing. Yeah, uh, they just they they use that stupid Windows 8 yeah, box thing tile thing, yeah. and it's so bad. It's like, I I was so happy to like not even have to really. I didn't. I went from Windows 7. I think I had Windows 8 for a little bit, and then I went right to Windows 10, and I was like, oh, thank God, this tile thing is done. Like, I don't have to deal with this. Uh, I still hate that, like, I have to download apps sometimes to get certain things yeah. to work, but That's dumb. whatever. Uh, and the final thing before we get to our our topic here, a game that I absolutely love on GameCube, I didn't get to play it on Dreamcast because I wasn't buying my own games at that point, so I kind of just had to do whatever my dad bought me and I like sports and wrestling, and my dad bought me the 2K sports games and, like, that Royal Rumble game and, and uh, like, Sonic or whatever. So even if Skies of Arcadia existed, I couldn't really explain to my dad to buy me Skies of Arcadia. So Go buy me, go buy me this Japanese Sky Pirate RPG. <laughs> yeah, so I played it on the GameCube, and I loved it, and I really wish it could be available on Switch. Uh, so hopefully this news that, uh, Kenji Hiruda, one of the programmers for Skies of Arcadia is getting fans to try to really grow support for a sequel, uh, for Skies of Arcadia. Um, Jens, how do you feel about Skies of Arcadia? I feel like it's one of the best RPGs. It's a fantastic series. I would love another one. I don't expect it to happen. It's this news is it seems very very early, so we'll yeah, see. I think that they. And it's not even wait. It's not even an announcement. It's just the. No, it's not. It's it's the developer. They're trying to like get fan support to urge Sega to greenlight it. So it's right. even more vaporware than vaporware. So I, I just don't see it happening. I would be super happy if it did happen. Yeah, I I really hope it does. Uh, I think when. They were asked at one point if they would port it to PC or Switch or something, uh, that they felt the Skies of Arcadia Legends was the director's cut of the title and that they didn't have interest in, in doing that. So, of I, course, I just... you know, same thing happened with Shenmue 3 and that had to get taken out of Sega's hands so that. I mean. They had a much, much long, much higher fan base than Skies of Arcadia. Like, or much more rabid fan base, at least. You mean Shenmue? Right. Shenmue is just a very vocal fan base, I agree. Yeah, that, that's what I meant, yeah. But like, they're not that, obviously, looking at the sales of that game, that fan base is not that huge. That's a small but vocal fan base. 
Well, now it's our kickstarting Shenmue 4. I'm greatly amused just by the wording of this news story. Skies of Arcadia developer has asked fans to start a movement. Yeah. Like, we'll, start be protesting one, not... in, we'll be protesting in the street for Skies of Arcadia, camping yeah. outside the White House. I mean, there are much other RPG games or RPG franchises I'd much rather see than Skies of Arcadia coming back. Well, I know. You want your uh, uh, Sui Koden. Well, that, I would, say, I would say, like, Lost Odyssey or Shadow Hearts. Uh, or I love Parasite Lost Odyssey. Eve. Skies of Arcadia is a better series. <laughs> First, I mean, it's got way more... I mean, entries, Lost Odyssey would be but, amazing if it got to come back. I mean, I would like it. I would well, just I'll, like a feature of it, honestly. I mean, I was just happy if Mr. Walkworth could quit making mobile crap and make an actual RPG again. <laughs> wow, yeah. Who's that? Um, but... but but Lost Odyssey over Skies of Arcadia, I don't think so. Like Skies of Arcadia is the more notable prominent series. I mean, it's well, notable because it was the only RPG at the time on the Dreamcast. That's true, I guess. So everybody played it. Yeah, it was. It was literally, I think, might have been like the only JRPG at the time on the Dreamcast. <laughs> so it, you know, it. Ha- I mean, it has a fan base from that. But I mean, people like if you ask ten ten gamers nowadays, hey, what's Skies of Arcadia? They're gonna, they're gonna go like what? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, that uh, certainly. I mean, you can say, say something about every RPG I like too. So, <laughs> looking at this news story, where they're talking about like if you if you help start a movement, we might give you a signed illustration from Izuki Hoshi. Did make me uh, like kind of skim through her old character designs again and just remember like man, this guy's Arcadia had a great look, like awesome character designs. I mean, I. Yeah. I think a Skies of Arcadia is that law, uh, what is that, uh, Rogue Galaxy game. It came out for PS2. Mm. I think it's very much in that wheelhouse to me, at least. Uh, sure. Uh, yeah. Level 5, when they were still yeah. making good Game. RPGs. <laughs> yeah. Well, wait. Well, I, aren't some... they the ones that make, uh, Nino Kunis? Yeah, didn't you guys like yeah. Nino Kuni 2? I like Nino yeah. Kuni 2. Yeah. I, yeah. So. Alright, well, let's, let's discuss this special topic here. I, I saw this on Twitter, people ranking their favorite Nintendo systems. And I mean, we don't have to talk about all of them, but like, what was your, was your first system a Nintendo system? What are some of your favorites? And why? And, and just kind of go around and, and I, if you want to do like a little ranking, we can, but we don't have to. Uh, <laughs> we've ranked so many things. Recently, that I'm kind of like not one to rank anything for a while. Number one is the Virtual Boy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Virtual Boy was interesting. Yeah, I you know what the with the Virtual Boy, I remember. I I know we went to this resort. I don't remember shit about the resort. Of course, I was like, I don't know what year it was. That this this was like '96, something like that. And like, I don't remember nothing about what we did at that resort. All I remember is my uncle had a Virtual Boy. And I was so hyped to play Mario Tennis on that thing. <laughs> and I spent, I think, like two hours. Of course, my eyes started hurting after like the two hours. But I was thrilled playing Mario Tennis on there. <laughs> I loved the DS. I thought the DS uh, was an amazing system because it was oh God, like yeah. the, it was the adventure game system for me. There were so many good adventure games on that. Um, you know, I liked, uh, there was like a... Uh, like hotel, the DS just had such a rich library of like everything. 
Well, like, yeah, but it's like it's like almost there was like a whole era where basically there were almost no good PC adventure games, but the DS had like Ghost Trick and Hotel Dusk and the Ace Attorney games and the Professor Layton games. Yeah. And there was a port of Broken Sword, which was really good. So I just put uh, like the, hundreds the 999 of series. Yeah, 999 oh. series. Yeah, Virtuous Last Reward. I mean, of course, the 3DS kind of continued that tradition. Uh, but I just, the DS, like, hit, it hit, like, at the right time for me where I was on the go a lot and I would play, I would just play adventure games, um, all the time. So I loved that. And then the other one for me, which, I know people are going to think me crazy because this was like one of the biggest flops, but I love the Wii U. I know I've talked about how much I love the Wii U. I love its game library. I love the controller. Um, some of my favorite games of that generation are on the Wii U and almost nobody played them. Like, I don't know anybody else who's played Wonderful 101. Um, so, that was such uh, a good game that people didn't get to play. I yeah, will be surprised had, you know, if that doesn't... Maker, yeah. yeah. So you wouldn't be surprised if... I wouldn't be surprised if it did. You think they could remake it for Switch? Uh, not exactly, because it's they'd have to seriously overhaul the control system, because they split up so much between the the two screens. Yeah, oh, having okay, to do that's true. having so you'd only be able to play it handheld, and then you'd have to do everything on the handheld. I, I just don't think it would work as well. But like Xenoblade Chronicles X, you know, um, mm-hmm. I played Lego Dimensions back when. When I came out on that, Bayonetta when 2, that was, obviously. When that was still a thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was just, it was a great system to me. That that Pikmin was really good. Yeah. The Wii U Pikmin. So, that's that Pikmin 3, I guess. So, yeah, I just thought it was a super underrated system. Um, it's not my first, my first uh, Nintendo system was actually uh, the 64. And mine, was a, mine was a Game Boy. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, my mom was like we- very weirdly against like getting me a Nintendo, or she thought like if like the Nintendo would destroy the TV or something. Like she's a total technophobe. That's so weird. She would like buy. She bought me like my first Game Boy, and then I had like five more of them after that. You think she just read an article somewhere about burning? No, I, no, because that would require her reading. Like, uh-huh. she, I, 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 I think she viewed it as like black magic or something. What? But, uh, but then, like, oh, you know, a week after I moved in with my dad, he got me a Super Nintendo. So I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> well, nice. I, I got my Super Nintendo. I got my NES and my SNES pretty late in life. Like, my first one was actually a modded one that did component out. So that's how, how late it was. So I I always played those systems at friends' houses. But, you know, they were good systems. Yeah, I played Nintendo at a friend's house quite a bit. Like, I remember playing like, Mario 1 and 3, you know, like, staying over his house or something during the yeah. night. And like the 64, um, and then the, the GameCube, right? I mean, the GameCube yeah. was awesome. Uh, Mr. Mosquito, you have your Eternal Darkness. No, Mr. Uh, Mosquito wasn't GameCube. That was only PS2. Oh, I'm, wow. I'm getting things mixed up. Yeah, I mean, it was... Oh, you know what I'm bad. thinking of? I'm thinking of Mad Maestro. No, that's yeah. also PS2. Yep. yep. Hmm. Okay. So fuck the GameCube. Well, <laughs> okay, it's been a while. But there were definitely some GameCube... There was like a, a a Rogue Squadron game that was yeah, yeah. Squadron. Yeah. They, that was incredibly that was shiny game. for its time, like beautiful graphics. It was great. Same thing with the, that Resident Evil remaster and Resident Evil Zero. Mm-hmm. Those games looked awesome for their time. So yeah, the GameCube was really, of course, original Luigi's Mansion. So yeah, yeah I had a great time with that. It was a great system. 
Yeah, I love my GameCube too. Uh, Luigi's Mansion is probably one of my favorite games I got to play on there. Um, I was still playing a lot of wrestling and sports games, so that Day of Reckoning 2 is, was pretty great on that thing. Um, as Super Mario Sunshine, I know it's not like the best Mario, but it was good for its, for its time. You know, I like the going in and getting to water everything and, and all that. Um, I, my, my first one was Super Nintendo. My dad bought it for me. I only had Super Mario World for like a long time. So that was like my game I, that I, I. I think when I had a Super Nintendo, I had like Mario World and Super Star Wars. And I'm like, well, one of these is good and it ain't Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. I had, I had that. And then eventually, like, I got like Carby Superstar and more all-stars and because my my brother was the one that had the nes and i never playing mario when i was like five but that wasn't like my system because then when he went off to college he took it with him so you know super nintendo was was my thing and i hadn't you know i until i played pokemon on the game boy that's when i finally figured out i liked rpgs so i played you know platformers and sports games and all that stuff so like that's a lot of what I had like Cal Ripken baseball and all the Maddens and NCA football, all that stuff. Um, but like I, I, you know, I didn't get to play all the great Super Nintendo games until I had a computer and did the emulator, you know, so wow. uh, sadly. I, uh, I just kind of collected all that stuff after the fact and, and played them on the proper hardware, but you know, way later, you know, decades after they came out. Right. Yeah, and, I and, like, go ahead. I was gonna say I had most of that stuff as a kid, but then I, you know, just lost it through various moves or you know, you know, stuff like that. Like I had the whole like Genesis three system clusterfuck of you know, wow, really? Gen- Genesis, Sega CD, and thirty two X, and thirty two X sucked ass. <laughs> I've managed to keep most of my game collection with me most of my life. The only games that I really got rid of is I got rid of a lot of original Xbox games. Because yeah, so, uh, I mean, I mean. Well, there's only like what, like ten original Xbox games you really need to be having. <laughs> I suppose I had way more of those though. But, you know, I don't. Know, my first game I ever bought for a Nintendo system was Shadows of the Empire. Oh really? Because that was oh. like the big. Remember that was like a big multimedia thing where there was a mm-hmm. book and a soundtrack album and a video game, and it was all it was all together. And I felt like I needed to kind of be in on all of that. That was a big. Was the- Star- I was a big Star Wars guy, and there was not a lot of Star Wars. The was time. that the N64 game? Or am yeah. I thinking of it? Okay. No, that's the one. That, that was a decent game at the time. Like, it was interesting, at least. It was fine. I remember when my dad bought the Wii for himself. <laughs> and we went... We all went to his house. He had no idea what Wii Sports was. And we all played it, and he's like, Wow, this is amazing. We're all... We're, we're bowling, and we're playing baseball. Like, <laughs> we're there. And it's like, yeah, Dad, this is what's... I didn't even really know much about the Wii. Yeah, I knew about the Wii, obviously, but I hadn't played it at all. I went over there and I was like, well, I couldn't play this. I couldn't have it at my apartment in college. So I'll just play it when I, you know, come over here because my dad has a big ass living room. If you but, asked me yeah. to rank all the Nintendo systems, the Wii would be dead last. No. I would, for me, that would probably be the GameCube. No way. No way. I, I mean, it's not that the Wii didn't have good games, but like, when you consider the t- the era in which it came out, where everybody else was doing 1080p gaming, and this thing is doing, you know, 480p gaming, and it just looked 
the Wii just looked like trash. It has always looked like trash. That's like one of the hardest game consoles for me to go back to. I mean, there's great games that I would love to replay sometimes, but like I tried booting up the last story not too long ago, and I was like, God, this game is ugly for a game from that generation. Uh, I hate the motion controls. I just I despise the motion controls with every fiber of my yeah, being. Yeah, I never want to go back and play motion control. Like, games that are not made for that, like Wii Sports, play it all day, whatever. But I don't want to go play an RPG again, or I hated playing Skyward Sword because of that. Yes, like, yes. Uh, Skyward Sword is, like, trapped on that system because they did just enough with it where you can't do without the motion controls. So it's difficult to, like, adapt Yeah, they'd have to redo console. that entire game, I think, to... But, man, that was the fly in the soup of that game was was having to deal with, like, blocking and all that shit with motion controls. Oh, my God. So, yeah, I just really I have a great loathing for that system. And that's another reason why I think I personally love the Wii U so much is because the Wii U to me was the course correction where, hey, we're making a real we're making a real game console again. And it's actually got an innovative controller that makes sense that adds to what you want from a game rather than uh, the tracks. But look at the sales. Like the Wii U was a huge flop and no one cared about it except for you. <laughs> yes. I don't, this is, okay. You cannot trust the public for anything. Look at, uh, Sean, you just posted like, here's the 10 top selling games of all time. And it's like all trash. So yeah. I defy you, sir. The Call of Duty Ghost is not trash. I'm kidding. <laughs> Okay, but I, I, I think well, some of I those Call of Duty games were actually good. But I think look at Wii... what's look at what's popular. Look at look at just generally what the mainstream goes for, and it's never. I think the Wii U got hurt a lot by the fact that it was confusing. Like you didn't know that that was another. Yeah, Wii. dumb like, people couldn't tell if yeah. it was a new console or not. Yeah, and I mean, I think like obviously the Switch is a better version of that thing. Like. I love the fact that I could have my Wii U uh, in my room and go to the living room and still play that game on it's that gamepad. Like, that was so cool. It's such a comfortable you know? controller. It's so, yeah. like, light and big. I mean, like, I know people made fun of it for being, like, the Fisher-Price controller, but I have huge hands. Like, to me, the yeah. uh, Wii U controller is pretty much, like, the most comfortable controller ever. Well, like, you yeah. talk about the controller, that's why I hate the GameCube, is I hate that fucking controller. It's not oh, great. Oh, yeah, that thing. <laughs> like, that's, that's, I mean, that's the worst controller I think Nintendo's made. I don't know, fact, Nintendo like, 64 also does not have a great controller. No, it has a good controller, it's just weird how it's, how it looks. But if you just think of it as, if you cut off, like, that, the L section, or, like, you know, the D-pad in that third prong, and the, the left prong, then it's fine. I don't like the little nipple knob. Oh, it's but but I like that system. I mean, that system had good games. I could make do with the control. It's better than the Switch right. control, Switch analog stick. <laughs> That's true. That's why I use the Pro Controller for Switch always. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, my, my, I'd say my favorite Nintendo system probably the SNES still. Yeah, I mean, the SNES's catalog of games is just absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, my favorite game of all time, Chrono Trigger, is on there, and so many of those... Great RPGs are in, on there, and like, uh, there's so like Metroids and Zeldas, and yeah. I I love Mario World more than the some of the Man. other 2Ds. Like, it's, my first ever playthrough of Chrono Trigger was on the DS. Uh, mine was on the computer with an emulator, but 
Yeah, I, I have it on the on my 3DS from with the 2DS or the DS version, and yes, I love it. It's great. I start to play yeah. some play through some time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that just kind of goes into like the DS being the DS is probably the Nintendo system I've played the most, honestly. I remember taking that thing, the class of me, and hiding it under the desk, <laughs> playing it. Just... Mine, I mean. If you're talking about time, I'd say probably mine is probably the N64. Mm-hmm. That was the for one, me. the only system where I've had a controller, because we had a big family, and I had four controllers for that thing. We played Mario Kart yeah. all day, Smash. Goldeneye? Goldeneye. The, the only good Mario Kart, Mario Kart 64. <laughs> I mean, it's a good Mario Kart. It's not the only good Mario Kart. Yeah, it's not the only good Mario Kart. I'm going to like Wii. Double I really Dash, didn't like also. the Wii Mario Kart. Oh, I, I, li- hated, I yeah. hated the GameCube one, the Double Dash crap. It's like, what? Uh, well, a lot of people love that. I like Double Dash. I have no I, strong opinions. Yeah, yeah, it's just, I just hated the Wii one because I hated the control scheme and I hated the stupid little plastic wheel that was everywhere. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, anything else you want to say on that before we finish it out here? I, I, I think we all know where we stand. Yeah. Everyone, uh, should, everyone should get a Virtual Boy. <laughs> so I, I never owned a Virtual Boy, but a friend of mine um, still has one, and I did I did play it some, and it was neat. I like, played two I, of them as a kid. Wow. <laughs> wow. I mean, wow. I could see getting eye strain from using it too long, and it wasn't that comfortable. Like, oh, kind it of does, thing. and it was not very comfortable at all. But see, I used it. I would like lie down with it, basically with it on my chest, so they, you know, I'd be basically looking up at it, and then I was fine. The the multiplayer stuff, I played that Wario platform or whatever the hell it was. Yeah, they made like it the, Wario. Yeah, that was okay. The multiplayer stuff in that was really nifty. I had, I had for it. I had Mario Mario Tennis, obviously, because everyone had that. I had like Red Alert. I think that's what it was called. Like this, like flying, like Star Fox. Star Fox. Every game. game was red. <laughs> every game called every game Red Alert. On that stuff. Uh. And I think I played Teller Boxer once. Uh-huh. Um, but the two games I wanted to play on that thing, which I never did, was Waterworld and that Persona game, or that Jack Frost game. Oh, yeah. Man, that's a Persona game I guess I'll never get to play, huh? <laughs> I mean, you can play it on emulators, but yes. Oh, yeah. Well, emulation. Well, you can use my Oculus Quest to emulate a Virtual Boy and play that way. <laughs> really? Does That oh. works? Oh, yeah. They got a Virtual Boy emulator for that thing, no problem. Oh, oh, that's cool. Okay, set that up for when I'm over. Yeah. All right. That sounds awesome. Well. Yeah. Uh, I think we sort of talked a little bit about everything. I mean, so let's uh, let's finish out with talking about games that are coming out this week. So you have uh, I have no idea how you Psycho Psych- Shooting Stars Alpha. Uh, which is a shooter on Switch, like one of those bullet hell games. Um, Temtem is coming, which I won't be able to play. I won't be able to tell you nothing about it till next week because they killed the alpha like a week and a half ago. And then they were doing a stress test today. And I guess the stress test killed the servers because I couldn't connect at all. So, yep. I'll just is let Temtem you know when it's, is that it's a Pokemon. Game? It's Pokemon, basically. Okay. It, it literally, it is Pokemon. But with different characters and okay. you know whatever. That's you, that's the Pokemon like that we talked about last time. Yep. Okay. I keep forgetting it because it's such a. I just think about the Naruto character. Uh, Kingdom Hearts three, the Remind DLC comes out. 
on Wednesday? It's the twenty the on Thursday. I may have to buy that because it comes with a soundtrack album. It does. If you, the fancy, and if you buy the fancy edition. Basically, you can replay the end of the game with different characters that you couldn't use in the first, in the original game, and uh, there's some other story stuff in there as well. Uh, Actually, I don't, I don't know if it's a soundtrack album or if it's just like the concert video. It's like video. concert video, I think it is. Yeah. That's what they keep showing. That's what the trailer keeps showing, I guess. Uh, the Walking Dead Saints and Sinners. Uh, Mosaic comes out, which that looks interesting to me. Some of the one of those like narrative. What is games. Saints and Sinners Walking Dead? Is that more Telltale style or is that a totally different? No, Walking that's Dead? that. I think that's an expansion to that Starbreeze game. Starbreeze made a Walking Dead. Game? No, no, Sky, no yeah, it's yeah. Skybound. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a different thing. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. they made it. It's a, I think it's a VR game. Yeah, it is. It's a VR game. Yeah, Starbreeze made a Saints Row or a uh, Walking Dead game, and then it, they basically went under. <laughs> yeah, it was so huh. bad was that they terrible. basically killed them. They were already hanging on by a thread, and they were needing that game to do something, and it did. Yeah, they it flopped really hard. Two again, and it wasn't so. Uh, the Odd World Stranger's huh. Wrath comes to Switch. Uh, Praetorians HD Remaster comes to PC, and yeah, then you get the. The big stuff at the end of the month was Kentucky Route Zero TV, Realcraft Three Reforged, and Journey to the Savage Planet. So, I'm looking forward to Warcraft Three. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm sort of interested in maybe. I have some fond memories of that game. Still getting that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's the game when I stopped caring about Warcraft because of the hero units. Yeah, I didn't like the hero units. I didn't like the change from 2D to 3D. I really liked Warcraft when it was a sprite game. Yeah, but that Warcraft Two was in '97. Like, yeah, like, like, like <laughs> in, in 20, 2002 or whatever the fuck that game. Well, was. it didn't. It didn't look as good as Warcraft Two. Nobody's interested in Journey to the Savage Planet. I've heard someone. So right, I'm people, gonna have to Google that because yeah. I don't know what the hell it is. That's well, Google Stadia bought them, bought the developer. Uh, so I guess this will be the only game that comes out on all the platforms. Oh wait, a uh, co-op adventure game? Yes. Okay. And it has cool art style. So. Let me look at some of these screenshots. Does this come to Switch? It's, no, it's, it's too big to come to Switch. It's PS, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Oh, oh, sorry. I thought you said Switch. No. Okay. Ooh, that looks like something. Mark, do you want to play this? It's co-op. We'll see. (laughs) Well, I gotta, I've been, I'm trying to bug 505. Yeah, get this man a review code. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> see how that word goes. Uh, all right. I think that's it. So, well, everybody, thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, of course, you can subscribe. Video games to the max are pretty much everywhere. You listen to podcasts, you can, uh, go do that. Um, the WTO Network, you can also subscribe to that and also rise and all of our entertainment stuff. The people that do that, the rise and broadcasting, they're now part of us. So, you can for sure will continue to get their stuff and you'll get it even faster because I don't have to go the next morning and upload it. They just record it on their live and then you'll, you get it on demand when it's over. So that's awesome. If you're a big uh, fan of that and we'll, we'll be talking about Dragon Ball next week and uh, maybe Yens will fill us in on some more on, on Tokyo Mirage sessions and 
You might we'll be busy what... next week. <laughs> well, I am probably going to get a couple more hours in. But yeah, I'll mostly be in uh, Detroit slash Chicago. Yeah. Well, there you go. Well, maybe you can uh, make an appearance there to say hi while you're seeing no, him. He is. <laughs> like... Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll see everybody next week. Later.